Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're kicking off our end-of-year fundraising drive with a special discount offer from our partner, Heritage Foods USA, an online farm-to-table butcher shop specializing in heritage breed antibiotic-free meats. Donate to Heritage Radio Network before Sunday, December 4th at heritageradionetwork.org donate, and we'll send you an exclusive discount code for 10% off all Heritage Foods products. Help ensure another year of great food radio, get 10% off delicious and sustainably produced meat, and support small family farms all in one shot. How's that for a holiday miracle? Head to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate by Sunday, December 4th to make your contribution. Hi, this is Greg Bresnitz, one half the host of Snacky Tunes. We have had the honor of being nominated by Taste Awards for Best Radio Show and Best Podcast. Please head to bit.do backslash stvote in order to vote for Snacky Tunes and other food favorites. Once again, that's bit dot do backslash st vote and a big congratulations to heritage radio network for being nominated into the hall of fame thanks so much we really appreciate it today's program was brought to you by roth wisconsin makers of the world's best cheese and pioneers in the u.s artisan cheese movement for more information visit rothcheese.com this is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses of Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Dara Bresnitz, coming to you from the streets of LA outside of Tax to Madre with Joe and Dave of Toothpicks. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Um, so, you guys, how did you two meet? Uh, I don't know. We had a mutual friend uh, named Bill Portanova. And Bill Portanova introduced me to Joe, and I thought Joe was hilarious. And I was making a bunch of short films and little commercials and stuff. And and I put Joe in some of them, and we had a lot of laughs. I think that was it, right? Yeah, like we did a we did a, like a campaign for an album by the band Plants and Animals, it's a Montreal band. I'm from Montreal. Bill lived in Montreal for a while, so that's how I met him. Got it. And then when I came down here, he was like, "Hey, I got a whole community." And we started hanging out, and when I was making these little like ads to promote the release of Plants and Animals album at the time or whatever, Dave helped a lot, and we started hanging out and laughing together. That's it's, pretty much it. It's good when you find someone in this world that you can laugh with, especially like when you're older. You're like, all right, I'm going to hang on to that relationship. It's really That's true. A good point. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people really make me laugh. Right. Or like share the same humor. Yeah, and sensibilities about things, you know? Like, we both also really like L.A. in a way that I don't really find in a lot of people. Like, a lot of people aren't really that adventurous here, and we, we're both committed to scratching to the deeper layers of the city. I, I would say that you have made me appreciate L.A. more. It's kind of neat. As, like, an outsider. Yeah. Right. And I feel like... Yeah, I feel the same about you. Like, I feel like... And I, you can almost always, you almost feel it when you meet someone who is really, really from here. Right. Like right. such a different vibe off them. They're like, they tend to be very friendly, and they don't, have, they have way less to prove in a way, which is really interesting. It's like, just like less obnoxious. I, I always kind of gravitate towards natives, like native angelinos. That's cool. Um, so you guys, um, in addition to having respective film, TV, careers have been working on these short form videos that you post to your Instagram page that are 12 second shall we say reviews of different restaurants but with the twist and um, I want to know what got you into making these videos and then do you see any parallels between filmmaking and food making and those types of two arts yeah well Joe and I were having lunch one day at Koba Wu House this it's a Korean restaurant yeah and, and we were looking on Yelp for different restaurants and we found this kind of area where you can post a video on Yelp which most people weren't using creatively it was just kind of shots of interiors of restaurants and people waving a camera around sometimes there's a little montage but nothing really sophisticated and then we were like oh wouldn't it be funny if we just kind of pranked that little box and we did something creative with that format and we were kind of talking about either the restaurant we were at or some other restaurant about what it was as metaphor. It's like, oh, this... this yeah, it's like this restaurant was... It's like a, it's like having a hot tub with attractive people. Like, being in a hot tub with attractive... Something like that. And then we are like, well, we should shoot that and then post that as the Yelp review. Yeah. And we were laughing about that and the other ways you could, like... Yeah, through metaphor or just abstract sort of reviews. Like, because amateur criticism is so ridiculous... It was like, you can kind of do anything on Yelp. Like, you, I could just, like, write a novel and post a novel about my, you know, all centered in one restaurant. That, oh, yeah. That's actually not, not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea. One, a novel where the only scene is the restaurant. And yeah, go, oh, like, that's my review. Yeah. Like, my just, review is, yeah. It's a 300-page it's a novel. It's, it's amazing how uh, you can be someone like Jonathan Gold and come out with, like, a 100-person list, and these are the best things in L.A., and then when you go to follow up, you're looking like Yelp or TripAdvisor or something like that, and someone's like, oh, two star, and you're like, do I go with Jonathan Gold? Or yeah. do I go with like uh, Tater Tot Daddy 104? Sure. Yeah, like overall, kind of amateurism versus expertise is a big part of the project, I guess, for us. And what we thought would be extra funny would be to take whatever skill set we have in our working lives mm-hmm. and apply it uh, in a way where, where amateurism is king as a joke so yeah, in other yeah. words if people are taking Yelp too seriously we wanted to take it even more seriously than them right be the most serious guy in the room or something that's completely absurd yeah, yeah. Um, and so the first video what was the first video you made and how did you guys because the videos are sort of poking fun but it's they're still very like nice 
But so, what was the first video you did? And how did you, did, did you guys land on the tone for e- these videos? I forgot which one we actually shot for. The, we, first we one, had, the first one we did was for a downtown restaurant that's very trendy in a beautiful renovated building, but the food is garbage. And we thought it was uh, funny. We both had kind of bad experiences, and we shot that one. But it was so kind of mean spirited. It just it was the wrong. Yeah, it was, it was kind of the wrong. Joe we, barfing all it was over. Just me barfing all over downtown. Mm. So we chucked it and got like how can we do this better and yeah I don't know what the first one was we did you did uh, Mariscos Jaliscos that was the first first one we posted posted, but I think we had a day uh, at our friend Nick Nakahara who's one of the producers and build all the puppets yeah he has a little home studio and with all these puppets in it and we went over to his house and Joe put a different you know puppet on each arm for an hour or two and just started improvising. Yeah. And we were cracking up and, you know, we did one about norms, we did one about um, We just, whatever was lying around Nick's yeah. house, we just kind of tried to incorporate and yeah. it thought like, how could you, you know, not only spoof different genres of TV, like we had one that was like a news anchor cutting to the weather person and she's like eating this monster sandwich just like standing there in front of the <laughs> weather. Like, we tried all kinds of different stuff that we thought would be fun to parody and uh, spoof. And and then we just kind of start texting each other back and forth, you know, when Joe was out of town saying, oh, we, sh- we should do a spaghetti western or we should do a film noir or we should do... Is there a way to take the genre of a restaurant and make the film equivalent of that genre? Yeah. Because for me, there's like... There's so much overlap in genre, um, in the genre space when you're at a restaurant, either from its like art direction and sure. the way it looks inside and the way it's been designed, to what you what you see and feel in a film. I mean, restaurants are experiences, you know. Yeah, I mean, so you start pulling from your background, start pulling from your work within larger creations, and being like, because the great thing about these videos is that they do have some of them feel low key, but you can still feel that there is like a lot of thought and aesthetic and production put into them. Yeah, like, again, that's part of the joke is, like, to take it seriously, you know. And also because we want to do it right. I mean, because we can, sort of. Yeah. It's just more satisfying. Than... Totally. And and I think Joe and I were both kind of either finishing projects or, you know, I was finishing a long project that took a year and a half, and I was kind of like, boy, wouldn't it be fun to just make something that's so stupid in yeah. 10 seconds and, like, let's just make something quick yeah. and... Yeah, like, to get back to that, like, childhood impulse yeah. is, like another key point of the project like what how did we even start these careers you know like before trucks were around the corner we were what was it like it was so easy I didn't even have to think about it you know it's just like and then like you know you just get into a voice as a kid and you start doing this voice like wanted that kind of yeah. impulse because um, it's really easy to lose it and I find professionalism is often antithetical to creativity it just sort of doesn't help with the good impulses and good ideas and imagination because you know, you, there's all these different things involved in, in the way. Now, in addition to you two, what's the rest of the team who makes these videos? There's Nick, uh, who I mentioned, and then there's Joe's friend, Alex Reck. Yeah, he's like a graffiti guy turned branding kind of guy. He does a lot of rap drawings, like kid-like rap drawings and all kinds of stuff. He's he's a total genius. Best, funniest guy I know, too. So he often just stands in the back of the room and barks out ideas while we're taping or... And uh, and a guy named Ryan Hendricks who did a bunch of my short films uh, is producing some of them as well. And we've also like enlisted different people that Dave and I have met over the years to help with their expertise production. While like we did a big stunt, so Dave had a pal who's amazing and helped with that. And you know, depending on the the different. Uh, yeah, because sometimes it can be a, a few years between getting to work with some of your favorite sure. collaborators so you're like hey let's just do this quickie thing you know and it's it's fun to kind of revisit those people or meet new people who you haven't had the excuse to work with before and just say hey let's use this as the excuse and despite like you know what people think about working for free after you're kind of professional quote unquote I think a lot of people if the spirit of the thing is is you know, has integrity or whatever, has that playfulness, it is fun. I mean, yeah. we do like doing this. So it's hard when someone says, like, come over to my house, I'm having a party, and then, by the way, there's going to be a film crew there, and then you go to the party, and you're like, oh, man, this sucks. Like, everyone's, like, sitting, and it's, like, a shoot, you know, if you've right. been duped into working for free. Right. But, like, but With- this is more like coming to the playground. Like, let's just let's just mess around, and if it's not, you know, fun, then no pressure. You could totally. split. No, you can bail. Yeah. So how do you guys go about picking your restaurants? Uh, sometimes 
we come up with an idea first, uh, and then that's like, okay, we want to do this film genre, um, and then we kind of back into what the restaurant is, mm -hmm. um, based on either the name or kind of the reputation. Um, sometimes it's the other way around. Like, there's a restaurant I really want to do called Revolutionario North African Tacos. Have you been there? Uh, no, but that name is it's absolutely amazing. It's incredible, and we don't have an idea yet, but eventually we'll figure one out. Um, just, yeah. just inspired by the exact. I was driving behind a, a, a truck today that was like Thai Mexican taco fusion, and I was like, yeah. "Is that just what it is now? Where you just go like, <laughs> all right, what can we mash up?" Oh, dude, today? we had a list. We had a hot list. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up while you do other things. But we had um, a good list of new fusions. But you pick a, you pick um, these restaurants and that that are sort of at the moment, and they're all focused in LA. Yeah. But many of the themes. You can watch them even if you're not in LA and sort of be like, okay, I get the joke and things like that. Yeah, um, I mean, some of them, some of them, the idea just happens instantly. Like when I went to Helen Ray's, I was eating the sandwich and yeah. burning up, and I was like, it felt like the sandwich was chasing me because it's the kind of thing that's so spicy you need to keep eating it in order to cool down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I stop now, it's just going to overwhelm me. Yeah. Um, so some of them, you know, like just a. For me, the food is great, but the line and the the feeling of the place is so informed by the people who go there. Oh, I was dying on that one. That, that, that one with the co with the uh, coffee Winchels. burning, the Winchell's yeah. coffee. Yeah, got a rep for Winchell's. Um, but do you find that the response to the videos from people have been like they get the joke and like they, everyone's able to laugh at it, or has anyone come back and been like, "That's not funny"? Oh, I'm sure people. Found them not funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah. response been pretty good. I mean, because it's for free, and that's the other kind of cool thing is that we're just like, you know, there's no money in this project, so we're like hiding this treasure, and like, it's not about we're not trying to sell anything. So like, it's it's cool treasure people could find, and be like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know, that's part of it too. It's kind of giving that away, so you can't really be mad at it. It's like you get what you pay for. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we're going to take a quick uh, musical break, listen to a live track from the Spinto Band here on Snacky Tunes, and come back and talk to uh, Dave and Joe of Toothpicks. You should understand There's nothing to talk about You and I may just disagree You and I can't relate Do you mean What do you mean You could hardly get to your feet You won't leave yourself alone How could you turn this down when it's something you needed? You left off on the telephone that you had been meaning to dial. Didn't I terrible you? You hurt yourself to the
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I'm here with Dave and Joe of Toothpicks, who make 12-second restaurant review videos and post them for free on Instagram uh, that are, can we say send-ups? They're send-ups. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. A, real, a real classic send-up in the tradition of... Amuse bouche. Yeah. Uh, uh, appetizers, apps for, appies for your apps. Yeah. A- apps for laughs. Snackitizers. Snackitizers. So you guys have uh, a couple dozen videos up, and you guys have really started to create this world with different characters and things like that. Can you talk about some of the characters who've started to pop up, uh, such as the the wizard or the lion, and how you came up with them? I don't know. I think the wizard. It it's was just one of our. No, 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 I know where that one is. It's because I. I've noticed that stoned people go into yogurt land and talk about it like it's some amazing place. Like it's like incredible that you can get the yogurt yourself. Like it's like this magic thing. And I know we wanted to do something about wizards, but I remember thinking like, oh yeah, yogurt land. I don't know, there's something about that. It's yeah. like the incredibleness of yogurt. It's right. just yogurt, bro. It's just a th- bowl of yogurt. It's fine. Yeah. You're going to put some breakfast cereal on there, call it a day. Like it's not genius. Dave and I went to a 99 cent store and made this... Yeah, we, wizard costume. We were originally planning to shoot this bit where a wizard was like on top of a mountain and he was summoning <laughs> yogurt with his with his powers, and then and then we built this costume for two bucks out of nothing from the ninety nine cent store. Uh, as a viewer, it looked way high. at least five. Nice, yeah, Thank at you. least five. Uh, well, the beard was borrowed from a friend. And oh, okay. That was at least ten dollars. So yeah. we. Um, and then we were like, oh, what, what do we do? We, there's no yogurt land on top of the mountain. The ice cream is going to melt. We should just shoot it right here in the parking lot. Yeah, and, and I thought, and it was funny. I mean, it's, it's interesting as you work with this form and sort of the limitations. Um, have you found that, like, working literally in this box, that it's helped figure out a way to just create something new? Yeah, I would, I would say also... It was because we were very embarrassed to shoot that one because we were right in front of the yogurt land and like Joe was dressing up like this wizard and we almost didn't do it and then we were like, what are we so embarrassed about? This is ridiculous. Yeah, who cares? Let's just have fun. Oh no, we uh, we have this like uh, you're gonna be dead one day. It was like a right. mantra of like you're gonna be dead one day, so it doesn't matter if if everyone's laughing at you because you're dressed like a wizard summoning yogurt. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. Uh, and you guys have done a lot of uh, puppet work as well. Who, how did you guys decide on doing like puppet work, and who? And, um... Oh, I made a kids show, um, like a kids show that was like the ones we grew up on. Like yeah, kind of a throwback retro kids show. And I did two pilots for it. It's called Couch Fort, and uh, I did that in Canada. So I just spent a lot of time making puppet. I also made a puppet musical. I just do a lot of stuff with puppets these last few years. So, sure. Uh, I had a friend who made a bunch that we incorporated, and then Nick Nakahara. Uh, built puppet mock-ups of the two celebrity chefs, John and Vinny. Yeah. Uh, so that we could kind of lampoon that their celebrity-like status. And they reached out to you afterwards, right? Yeah, they loved they, it. They did. They were they were into it. Yeah. I got. I, I went. Joe was out of town, but went to have a breakfast BLT with them. They were very very cool guys. So it seems like the chefs have have sort of been like, okay, we get it. We get the idea around a restaurant. Have I think rest- they hate hate Yelp, so they, they they're glad that someone's making fun of that. I literally I don't know a single chef. I mean, who, who likes Yelp? Every chef, right. even the most confident one, was like, they'll have and saying, go back, Jonathan Gold, four stars, all this stuff, and they go, I don't know, man, this guy, they well, didn't they didn't like my pricing. They had to wait five minutes. Like, yeah. like imagine if you wrote a book and then like you put it out and like a Johnny from down the block was like, nah, terrible book, everyone. And then you're like, book doesn't sell. Right. Like, it's, it makes sense that they, you know. I wonder if the people at Yelp, when they got started, knew that it would turn into this sort of weird uh, power. Have, has Yelp ever reached out to you about these videos? They sent us a message, and they invited us to a Yelp Elite event. And How was that? It was, it was a little weird. Um, it was interesting. I mean, it was like on a skyscraper in downtown L.A., and... It's just like a party with the most interesting people. Exactly. It's just like attractive, interesting, successful people who have erudite things to say about fine dining. I, uh, in my mind, I see a bunch of people staring at their phones. A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. Maybe staring at each other's. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like strangely drawn to them. I was like, I want to be one of them. 
I want and I want to be like, <laughs> really yeah I was like I want to I want this sandwich there should be like super 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 elite like yeah. they should eat in different places oh absolutely like different parts of the party right. like oh you can't go past the scansion that's the elite, el- elite. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I don't know how you get designated that status you just write a lot right I think you just do a lot of reviews but I wonder if they have to also be of a certain ilk like it can't just be complete you can't just go and like one star everyone like right. you actually have yeah. to have like oh for sure real reviews Balanced. that people actually yeah. see some value in have restaurants reach out to you for them to come do videos a few but we haven't responded to any of them because we kind of like the freedom yeah. that we have not engaging with restaurants like yeah and we want to I don't know just I imagine would make things kind of complicated oh someone reached out to you and like was like come do this and then you want to lampoon them in a way and well I you know we haven't ever talked to a restaurant about doing one for them directly and it, it's just more I don't know the ideas kind of come from Joe and I and Alex and and we it's pretty homemade and yeah, handmade it would be and like to turn it into advertising this doesn't that's kind of what it becomes if, if the restaurant has a hand in it being made I mean so with this new form and doing stuff for Instagram and social and things like that given your backgrounds and working in film and TV do you see more freedom in this type of stuff and do you see other people to follow this type of short form format like do you see this as being a new pathway for like creations yes I see kids will get better at making videos and editing them and the phones will get better and then everyone will get better at doing this so I definitely see that there's more videos coming I also think like I, I'm I love both like food and movies and always, yeah. always kind of have or have always weirdly had food in each of my short films for some sure. reason and what I'm so hyped about for this project for Joe and I is I, I feel like we kind of found this area where now restaurants are the topic matter or they are the subject that you can base characters off of you can base universes off of that yeah. and it's kind of like sure could we be making videos about different types of tree and like you know the trees of Los Feliz we could yeah um, but this is just kind of like a little microcosm universe that we've just found and yeah I mean I, what I, my fun. hope I guess from the project is you know that we'll just keep doing this because it's fun and hanging yeah. out but that maybe someone will have a little confidence in us as creative kind of thinkers to do some other kind of stuff too yeah. I, you know I, I really see potential for other projects that are equally subversive I think you could there's lots of ways to play with the internet. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you're saying about food and film, I feel like the only time when food ever really pops up in film is some sort of reverence. Like your Ratatouille's or Big Night Out or sure. Tampopa, where it's just like mm-hmm. food is not made fun of. Like it is completely celebrated. Unless you go sure, to, sure, the compl- sure. to the other end, like Delicatessen, where it's like totally nuts and surreal. And so it's nice to see food treated in a completely different way with a film aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, cool. Food is silly and playful for me. Yeah. Like, it's usually really... And also, like, you watch... Well, I don't know. I don't know what my analogy is, but you watch Woody Allen movies, and there's always, like... It's it's, it's part of our day. People eat two or three times a day, and yeah. they go to restaurants, or they make something at home, and it's it informs what their day is. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I, I don't know if Dave feels this way but I I also feel like bombarded with like the the number of restaurants just like the number of videos out there to consume they're all consumables and so part of what's attractive to the project is to reflect the kind of avalanche of options and uh, content options so like that's part of the fun of it too is like when you see the spread of the videos you're like man there's so many restaurants like there's so many restaurants. I, when so I was many. a kid, I think there was like a family restaurant and then like maybe a Greek place. But it wasn't like this like everything is a restaurant and a. It's exciting though. I mean, I, I find it pretty exciting yeah. because there's like mini genres and some of them are ridiculous and they're, they're trends. And you can like tell. Like your favorite, the sushi Rito. The sushi Rito. Sushi Rito. Um, but. Ramen Borscht. And you, you can tell when a restaurant doesn't have its heart in. No, and its own idea, and it's just a trend-chasing thing. We, but, we've definitely uh, 
try to set up interviews with a few chefs who will go and name. Yeah. I'd be like, so what's the story? And they're like, oh, we thought it was a good business. And I was like, right, um, right, right. no, no, but like, how did, what's the, what's the story behind it? Like, oh, we, we thought that uh, we, we could make a business out of this. Yeah. Exactly. And you're like, okay. Cool. Yeah. So your heart's in the right place. Your heart's in the right place. Uh, I, we'll, we'll, the store will be open for someone else in three months. There's a cereal restaurant in Vancouver. Yeah, there's a couple. There's one in London. I That's I, ridiculous, dude. It's like 5 to $7 for a bowl of cereal. I want to start a cracker restaurant, like a joke restaurant, like a performance restaurant. Like, like saltines, food truck. Ritz, things like that. Every kind of cracker and like all the toppings and have the chef be like the cigarette-smoking hard-ass. It's like, what do you want? And people be like, oh, I guess I'll have a Triscuit with some cheddar. And then the guy's like, uh, oh, all right, like three for 25. Next! Like just like barky, like show restaurant. Uh, someone will give me the loot for the truck, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you just call it crackers. I would. Yeah. I would. Or crack. Crack. Uh, so what's next for, what do you guys got coming next for no, that's videos? It. That's next. Crack. Uh, oh, crack. <laughs> um, are you guys. Uh, yeah, we got, some, we got some stuff. Yeah, we got. Type. We got to. I mean, we're trying to keep. Pushing each other, pushing ourselves to kind of crack what the idea is, you know? And which means we're going to do some animated stuff, we're going to do some meta stuff, we're going to get weird. And We try to rep for the city geographically. Like, Instagram has this map function, and we hope to have a pretty even spread. So, for LA. Yeah, there's like definitely neighborhoods we need to go to. Totally. Yeah. And, like, and different types of food, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't uh, done little Bangladesh yet, but I'm curious. What's, yeah, what's any, over there? Any dream restaurant? What would, or anything that's on the list, like a number one hit? Like you know, you know, it's in your sights. I can't wait to do Squirrel, but because we're making fun of it a bit, and it's that's fun. Uh, can't wait to do El Compadre. I wanted to do this thing, El Compadre in Echo Park, where you wake up in bed with a, with the mariachi guys, the three guys who play there, and be like, yeah. "Oh man, what happened?" Kind of thing. Uh, there's all kinds of places to do. What else do we want to do? I have a list in my phone that that's a mile like 300 long. different restaurants or ideas and some of them are together and some of them are separate and, uh, and the restaurants will just keep coming so I guess we'll always just have more stuff to do yeah well I want to thank you guys for hanging out eating tacos with me thanks for on the busy me. streets of LA yeah um, so where can people find you guys on the net toothpicks with an X that's our Instagram account uh, we were going to get this 92-year-old woman to run our Twitter, but that didn't work out. Uh, so we don't really have an existence that way at all. And uh, I, don't, I don't I don't think Twitter... I think if this airs in two weeks, Twitter will already be gone, so... Yeah, exactly. Burn. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Shots fired. Shots fired. So uh, that's mainly on Instagram. You can, you can find us on Yelp, but it's really hard. So it's easier to just find us on Instagram. I think since you guys are probably the only one who's doing anything worthwhile of video on Yelp, they're probably not putting resources to optimize video. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not uh, hiring in the Yelp video department. Uh, well, thank you guys. We've yeah. got live music coming up next. But first up is a track from uh, Zambia recorded here on Heritage Radio for Snacky Tunes.
Have you tasted the world's best cheese? Grand Cru Sirchois is the 2016 World Cheese Champion. Our partners at Roth, Wisconsin make this gorgeous alpine-style cheese in the rolling hills of Greene County, Wisconsin. Grand Cru Sirchois is produced by hand in Swiss copper vats and finished by aging on spruce planks. The quality milk and careful craftsmanship bring out the award-winning light floral notes, nutty undertones, a hint of fruitiness, and a mellow finish. Perfect with Riesling and Muscat, Grand Cru Sirchois is a guaranteed hit for any occasion. Check out their other offerings at RothCheese.com. You'll discover Buttermilk Blue and their newest release, Prairie Sunset, the golden-hued love child of Mimolette and Gouda. You'll also find recipes like the Raclette Reuben and Tomato Tartlets. Everything you need to know about the world's best cheese is at RothCheese.com. Well, Aaron, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thanks for having me. Riding solo today. Yes, sir. Uh, band, how was the show last night? show was last night. Baby's all right. It yeah. was great. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. For sure. They'll be on the show in a few weeks. Whole uh, takeover hour. Uh, so I first saw you guys play at Cameo maybe like a few weeks ago and then did some digging and realized that you were prolifically live show playing band. Almost all the comments are like, this band plays a ton in yeah. uh, Brooklyn, which is great because I feel like there's some bands who are like, it's our backyard. We're going to play like three or four times a year. What's your uh, what led you guys? Do you guys say yes to everything, or is it how selective is it? Uh, we try and keep it to like two New York shows a month, so as not to oversaturate our hometown. Yeah. Uh, but we pretty we pretty much go out every weekend if we can to Philly or upstate Western New York, uh, Vermont sometimes. Where where in upstate New York? New Paltz, Bard, the colleges up there, oh, okay. Purchase. Uh, how are college? I mean, it's been I think probably like eight years since I've been to a college show since I left college. Yeah. Eight years. What was your last college show? Oh, Matt and Kim. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. I went to go see a college show maybe like five, six years ago, and I was like, "Well, I'm not old, but I felt old." Uh, but how are college shows? Or I mean, how do they differ from like where you know playing in Williamsburg or uh, Shea Stadium? College shows are great. Uh, I think a lot of the time the kids are excited to um, have some band come to their school right off the bat, you know, yeah. because they're often secluded in places where they can't really get out of there. Yeah. And uh, they also have a lot of money to pay us. Yeah, you know, I did, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I did college. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we both booked shows in college. Except I went to, you went to a private school and I went to a public university and we had no money, but every booking agent was like, it's a college, it's a payday. So no one would come play our university because they thought we were lowballing them. We just didn't really have any right. any yeah. money. But I mean, it's it's also because you're dealing with like eighteen or nineteen year old like bookers who have no concept of right. budget. Well, <laughs> we try not to shoot too high. You yeah. know, if if we enjoy hanging out at the place, we'll we'll go there. And do you do you stay over or do you like play the show and come back? It depends. What does it depend on? How far it is. Yeah. If uh, anyone is up for. Driving back, staying sober. Yeah. Um, if you get someone to swipe you into the dining hall. Yeah, that's always uh, a treat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fun sometimes to stay over and hang out, meet new people, and get breakfast in the morning. It like, it's a whole other experience at yeah. that point. So. At the di- at the dining hall. I mean. At the dining hall it's or like, the local diner. Yeah, it's like fifteen different types of cuisine. All on a swipe, or yeah, the diner. The diner experience is also awesome. Just like bottomless cup of coffee, two eggs, hash. What's your diner? What's your general diner? Yeah, meal? I like the standard two eggs, over easy scrambled rye toast. Just check it out. Rye toast. Rye toast. That's kind of like the that's and that's the coffee. Jam. Love. Yeah. I love yeah. shitty coffee. I don't think I've ordered anything <laughs> else other than two eggs in some form in the last. That could be my last meal if I was on death row. Two eggs. <laughs> two eggs. Two eggs toast. <laughs> But you know they probably wouldn't have rye toast. I'll put. Imagine you were on death row and you ordered like two eggs over easy, and they came out hard. Oh, uh, the yolks weren't running. The yolks weren't running. Could, would you, could you yeah. send it back? Can we put this off? Uh, hey man, get the eggs. Hey, listen, man. I ordered this over easy. This is this is over hard. Um, so take us back a little bit to the the start of porches and a little bit of self history. Well, porches started. Um, I think. Beginning of 2010, I had just uh, dropped out of college. I was studying painting at SUNY Purchase, 
And uh, I went on tour with my old band for about a month and a half. Uh, one of our friends took us out, and once I had a little taste of that, I kind of knew that, you know, I wanted to to really continue performing and touring and pursuing music uh, as much as I could. So I decided to not go back and have been pursuing pursuing it since and so once we got back from that tour I feel like I it was a it was a very big learning experience and I wanted to start from scratch so I I found this keyboard on tour and uh when I was home I you kind of get like post tour depression sometimes when you're you're out there every night and like you play and it feels great and it's fun and then you get home and you're like Oh man, like when when's the next one? So yeah. I, that that's when uh porches started. <laughs> Get back on the road all the time? Well, you know, as the years have gone by it's less <laughs> the kind of glitter of touring is worn off a little bit. It's still fun. But anyways, I was back at my mom's house, no job, so I was in the basement every day working on these tracks and that's how uh, porches came about. What were some of the Lessons that you learned from uh, from being on the what was the the band you went out with? What was the name uh, it was called Space Ghost Cowboys, and we were supporting this solo artist Ramona Cordova. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I just up until that point, I had lived a pretty sheltered life in the suburbs, and uh, you know, I went to college twenty minutes away at SUNY Purchase. So just to travel and like meet all these new people making really exciting music uh, was really inspiring and kind of lit a fire under my booty (laughs) to uh, step it up. Uh, Can we hear a song? Yeah. Uh, I will play a song. It's called Zannibar. Does your knuckle tattoo say nice fish? Uh, Fish and rice. Fish and rice. Yeah. I'm gonna get one that says nice fish. I couldn't help from noticing you across the bar. So I hold on, I 
So from uh, mom's basement to playing uh, your first show as Porches, what was what was that journey? Um, well, I recorded the first Porches EP with my friend up in Ithaca's Five Songs. I released that before I had any band together, and uh, was asked to go on tour again. And I was just gonna try it by myself with an iPod and singing so there's like a little stint where that's how it went and it was funny it was okay you know it's definitely not like playing in a band so then i got a guitar player to play while i sang to the ipod and then ultimately we got a drummer for a while we were using the the electronic backing tracks and then once the band was in order we kind of did away with that because it was more trouble than it was worth at that point just yeah i was not having that much fun performing it well i mean there's no spontaneity right you're you're like it it was just like the dictator of the band was the ipod and (laughs) it was you know Hey man, he's being a real dick today. Yeah, yeah, real dick. So we we kicked him out. <laughs> yeah, and, um, just snapped it. Just snapped it in half. There you go. <laughs> I don't think you're working out. Yeah, uh, Siri, can you fire? Yeah, <laughs> can you fire, yeah. please? Uh, uh, but I mean, but you know, funny and okay in early days is kind of awesome. I mean, it's frustrating then, but to like be like, you know, these are just you know early days of figuring stuff out. Yeah, it was good. It was a good long, slow. Uh, process of getting the the group we have together today but you know it's worth it because it's it's the best group porches has had yet so happy you want to shout out your band members yeah i would like to do that there's uh cameron wish shout out out in bushwick on drums greta klein frankie cosmos uh having a band practice in crown heights kevin ferrant is on his day off teacher and then there's say jewel also his day off works at a japanese restaurant in Ooh, oh look at that crossover snacky uh, tunes bringing snacky tunes. guys and bands who work with guys in japanese restaurants and a guy anyway. uh but as far as you know the evolution so where does the songwriting process sit now or is it still you and the executor how how does it how does it work now that you have you know outside influences um well, I always have written the songs first, often demo them first, and up until this record that we're starting to work on now, I've gone to the studio by myself first for a couple of weeks and laid laid it all out, and then we learned them as a band after the fact, mm-hmm. which was okay. You know, it's interesting, but then you start coming up with these ideas that you wish you I thought of uh, before you, you know, Laid pressed it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, at this point, this is the first time we're really working out the tracks all together. Uh, I've recorded like 20 new demos for the new record since the summer and uh, kind of like slowly choosing which ones to work out with the band and have that, have my demos and meet somewhere in between this time. Got it. Um, you want to play us uh, another song? Yeah, I'll play a new track that we've been uh, Porches, I want snacky tunes. Man, I wish 
back to nice. comment you said about um, going on the road kind of like expanding and like opening it's like wh- like how is it how's your world outlook and how has being a musician changed since that first tour you know what have you kind of come to understand that you maybe didn't quite see beforehand well first off there's a lot of uh, live music that I hadn't seen live before. It's, it's totally different when you see someone doing it in real life, and you're like, oh, that's cool, that's possible, and it kind of just opens up that whole realm. And I don't know. It was just, you know, the whole thing about it was appealing to me, just being on the road, long drives, meeting new people, and uh, scraping by doing what you love to do more than anything else. It was the first time that, you know, I had done it and realized it was possible, so I just wanted to continue doing that. You know, it's very rare that anyone can say that they've done the thing they love to do the most. Yeah, I have to be very good at telling myself that, (laughs) um, because every now and then the, the real world swings at you pretty hard and you have to just reassure yourself that you're in the right place because there's there's nothing else that I would rather be doing and it's difficult sometimes um but yeah not to get all cheesy you, you get one shot so you may as well do what you love at all costs <clears throat> I mean I think that what a lot of people say and I'm sure chef you can weigh in on this is that like doubt truly never goes away uh and i think that if it does um you're living in a dangerous place yeah, where I, I think the moment you think you make it or the moment like you're like ah oh, we've arrived or oh yeah i got it is the moment you actually suck or the moment you start to fall off so it's like just don't just like just don't ever just, just don't like, you'll you'll know when you've made it when you look back and you see like a fucking trail of you know shit kicked out of your way you yeah. know or like it's funny. They don't or really, trail of shame. You haven't made it. You know? <laughs> they don't really uh, teach that, or that's not really in society anymore, that it's going to be failure and you're going to have missteps. It's all about instant success and winning, and, and no one tells you really that. I mean, and if the story is about struggle, it's a very nice prepackaged, really easy to swallow that at the end of the road of struggle there'll be success. No one ever tells you that it's mostly no's and failures for a long time that's sprinkled in with achievement and things like that it's tough 
peppered lightly and seasoned with you know slight gratification. But the bottom line is, as long as you're, if if you get on stage and you're happy, as you look into the mic and you're happy, dude. If if I look down the cutting board at at, like the fish I have, like that my knife is sharp enough to cut through this beautiful fish, like it's, it's it's like it's that moment. Like hey, this is where we are. You know, like, yeah. this, is, this is where this is where this is what it's about. It's not about like it's not about reading your name in the paper or like you know like like pushing some link on your phone to like some blog about you sort of thing. Like it's not it's not arriving. You know, arriving is being able to do what you love and not having and not having it be a fucking hobby. Pardon me. You know, like not not having it be like like you're you're not doing it on Saturdays and Sundays anymore, right? You're not in your mom's basement anymore. You're doing what you want to do. You know, like I'm not just making sushi for my girlfriend on my day off now I'm not buying salmon and making you know like salmon rolls or salmon rolls are like little salmon like tartars mm. anymore like I did when I was 24 you know like lucky girl you know yeah yeah tell her that no. <laughs> um no fucking hobbies into uh fucking careers is fantastic no dreams baby dreams yes. and dare to dream <laughs> and Aaron, you were talking about this while we were playing a song it's like now people are telling you like you know that it's a, a career or you know using that using that word yeah um it's just uh it's just starting to seem like it could you know turn into some sort of a sustainable thing for however long you know who knows it's all been a very slow burn and it's not there's been no serious breaks or kind of buzz that just shot up so I feel like a lot of people are rewarded. You know, a slow burn, it's a slow, steady, steadier success. You don't just yeah. shoot up and shoot down. So it's exhausting sometimes, and it's frustrating to just have been at it and just see, you know, so many of my friends just beating me to it. Mm. Um, but the what I've been thinking about lately is that even if I tried to stop I don't I couldn't so there's no point in wasting my time being upset about that shit I just have to just keep doing what I'm doing I mean so yeah I'm hoping we got linked up with a nice booking agent working on the new record so we'll see tour in two weeks right we're going on tour in two weeks yeah going out to Chicago and back Nice. 18, 18 dates in a row should be interesting. You going out with anybody, or is it just going out with the band? Nice. Um, That's great. And you're headlining, or are you opening, or we're headlining. Yeah, I booked the That's whole awesome. thing. DIY, man. DIY, all to the max. It's. Um, it, can you imagine doing that back in the day with no internet and emails? I think about that every now yeah. and then because oh, when yeah. you start to book a tour, it is all consuming all for consuming. those three months leading up to it you're just on the computer all day Ugh. waiting for people to get back to you and it's like i need this one day to fall in place so yeah. i mean let's be honest i mean your your dreams should exhaust you like yeah <laughs> that's just what it is it's just if, like if it's, you're not tired you're not working hard if you're not tired i mean well the thing is yeah i mean it's nice to have a booking agent now because yeah. Like it's Wait, been those shout three out. months shout him out. working on her, music. Her, John her. Chavez. Hey, oh, man. John is amazing. You're yeah. a beautiful man. Yeah. We're excited. Dude, to all be the PR board. people, all the book all the guys and girls behind the scenes, they're the best. I mean, they're the best. John is one of the hardest working booking agents yeah. that I've ever met. You, you got a good guy. Yeah. You got, you got, a, guy a, got a real good feeling with him. Yeah. Um so listen, we gotta wrap it up because we have another show coming in, but uh I mean, we got one more song. We got one more song, but shout out to Shushiko. Uh, shout out to Porches. Do you want to give us the nuts and bolts of where people can find you online or in you know albums and all that stuff and shows? Yeah, you should check out Porches Music at band.bandcamp.com. Shout out to Bandcamp. Porches Music.bandcamp.com. Shout out to Bandcamp. Look us up on Facebook. Ronald Perry on Tumblr. And wait, uh, I'm sorry, wait, what is that on Tumblr? Ronald Perry. Okay. And uh, for all book inquiries, just reach out to John. Yeah, hit up John. Oh, can I mention one thing yeah. uh, about Sushi Co? That the soundtrack is like '90s hip hop, and it's amazing. It's it's it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's this cool. delicately made sushi thing that, and it's just uh, regulators. 
Yeah. Mount uh, up. Mount up. Mount up. Mount up. Last thing is um, we have our final oh, yeah. uh, bar food blowout. Of the first season. Uh, of the first season, which is going extreme, extremely well. It's uh, on March 11th. Um, tickets are on sale now. Speedy Romeo, Justin in the house. And uh, Sin Kane, a uh, Snacky Tunes favorite, will be on the digital ones and twos. It's going to it's a bar food March dot eventbrite.com 20 bucks gets you a plate of food a shot of whiskey uh, from Powers and Brooklyn Brewery beer yeah. 20 bucks so and you get good. to kick it with us and all the tall day pork slip guys will be in the house cool alright well uh, thanks for everyone coming by um, Aaron take us out uh, with one more what's the name of this song In the Mood Ooh. another new jam <clears throat> new jams here on Snacky Tunes Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.